Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. And oh my goodness gracious, do we ever have a loaded show for y'all? So obviously, Trade Fest 99 has happened. All the trades have happened. I feel really sorry for TSN and all the sports channels that are going to be spending all day on Friday with nothing to report. All they're going to be talking about are the trades that happened already. So it's going to be a really boring trade deadline. So I won't be watching that, but. Um, Holy crap, so I'm going to be breaking down a lot of the tr- all the trades that have gone on up until this point. There's more than likely going to be more trades broken right after I upload this podcast, but it is what it is. I can only I can only wait so long. So, we'll dive into all the trades. There's also a lot of other news going on around the league. A goaltender has scored a goal in the NHL. We got News out of the Pittsburgh Penguins. What the hell is going on over there? It seems to be falling apart. Toronto Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas has gone banana. So we're going to be breaking down a lot of stuff this week. So sit down, relax, or or run. Whatever the hell you're doing while listening to this podcast, just relax. And uh, let's talk some hockey. So let's get into the trade that everybody is talking about. This is just massive news. I cannot believe this blockbuster of a trade. So the Nashville Predators acquire forward Austin Rushoff from the New York Rangers in exchange for the highly touted prospect future considerations. So this is a fantastic move for the Rangers. I mean, future considerations, though, yes, future considerations has moved around the league a lot. And, um, we're still kind of waiting to see what future considerations can do on the ice. But I think adding that to the top six of the Rangers, I think the Rangers at this point are top contenders for the Stanley Cup. So I don't know what the Nashville Predators are thinking. I mean, future considerations, always been a highly touted prospect. Again, kind of a mystery, a little bit of a ghost in the league. We don't usually see this uh, player on the ice, but one of these days we just might. Okay, okay, okay. Jokes are over. All the jokes aside, that was a very minor trade. It doesn't matter. So let's get into the trades that freaking matter. And let, we're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs ones because my phone was blowing up last night and I just couldn't, I was absolutely stunned at all the moves that Kyle Dubas has made over the last week. I mean, wow. Uh, so I don't even know where, to, where, let's just start with the one that makes me the most happy. Luke Shen is back, baby. Luke Shen has returned for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Finally, my my prayers have been answered. I have been calling for the return of Luke Shen for quite a few years now. Now, I know that I didn't have a podcast back then, but I've wanted Luke Shen to return for years now. I just think he would have been a great depth defenseman and I think now the time is right and uh yes so the Toronto Maple Leafs bring back Luke Shen you may remember him from way back in the day fifth overall draft pick in 2008 I believe touted to be the next Scott Stevens he's gonna be braining people massive hits impossible to stop him in front of the net and he's gonna have a bomb from the point and not so much not so much the timing for Luke Shen entering the league was a little bit off Uh, it seems that style of defenseman was kind of going out of style at the time so sadly Luke Shen didn't turn out to be what everyone was hoping he would be I mean that's just how it goes with you know young prospects everyone wants them to be the next great Hall of Famer, so not everybody turns out to be that, but I think Luke Shen's career is very interesting, and he's a, 
he's a warrior, man. I mean, he's gone through tough times. He was playing in the AHL, struggling to maintain uh, a role in the NHL, and then he found a little home there in Tampa Bay, and he got himself a couple Stanley Cup rings. So, really awesome for him. I was, I'm always super happy to see former Toronto Maple Leafs picking up Stanley Cup rings. I mean, I lost it for Kadri. I mean, I was so happy for Kadri to get that that ring. I mean, so well deserved. Goddamn. Uh, uh, oh, I can't. I'm just blanking on all the other ones. I mean, there's so many Leafs that went on to win Stanley Cups. I mean, Jesus, but. Sending off a third-round pick to the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit of an overpayment, but you have to think in the mind of Kyle Dubas, like, we're, we're banking that it's going to be a late-round pick, and uh, so it's more likely sort of a fourth. The The chances that you're going to get an NHL player in the third round are pretty slim, like, we're talking 5 to 10% chance that you're going to find an NHL player there, and yeah, Dubas probably could, but... Uh, it's not going to be a player that's going to be an impact player for the roster right now. So I'm fine with uh, the trading of the third round pick. It's a 2023 uh, third round pick, so that will be in this draft, which, I mean, it's okay. I'm fine with that. Uh, Luke Shen doesn't have a big contract. Um, but what I think Luke Shen is going to provide for this team, well, we're just going to have to wait and see where he's going to, which defenseman's going to get taken out. There's a lot of new players getting added into the roster. So we're just going to have to wait and see tonight when they play Edmonton and tomorrow when they play Calgary. And we're just going to see because there's just going to be a whole bunch of combinations. And we're going to, I imagine Keith is just going to be having a heyday with all these new, oh, he's probably, this is like Christmas for him with all these new. New toys he gets to play with, so I imagine Keith and Dubas are very excited, just like myself. So, uh, where Luke Shen, I think uh, he'll be most effective in the playoffs for us. I don't know if he's going to be an everyday player for the rest of this season. He may uh, just be a depth uh, seventh, eighth defenseman. Who knows? Jordy Ben just passed through waivers. We brought in McKay. We'll talk about all that, but. I think it, there's a possibility that he is a Justin Hall replacement. I know the fans are pretty against Justin Hall, and we, we are pretty aware of how much Keith and Dubas just love Justin Hall, but I would really like to see, I don't know, Justin Hall get maybe a fire lit, lit underneath him if he starts getting sat more often just so that they can try out other options. I would love to see Luke Shen in the roster just playing a game for us as soon as possible. I think that would be... It'd be really nice if he can. It'd be nice if he can do it at home, but I believe the Reef, the Leafs are on the road at this point, right? Yeah, so they're gonna they're on the road right now. They're not gonna be home for a while, but I hope there's a really nice home uh, homecoming welcome for Luke Shen when he returns because I never disliked Luke Shen. Like I didn't. I always was a fan of Luke Shen. I was like shocked but pleasantly surprised when they traded him for JVR straight up. I was super into that trade and it turned out to be very good for the Leafs, a very quality trade. But yeah, man, I am amped to see what Luke Shen is going to bring for this team. We know him to be a major hitter in the league. He he is a ruthless hitter. He loves to hit. That's his that's his bread and butter. He loves to hit. He's a big boy, big strong man, so um, we're hoping that he's going to be a effective uh, net front presence for us. That would be great. That is still something that the Leafs, they're definitely, it's definitely gotten better, but it's still not, I'm still not overly satisfied with their net front defense. So it'd be great to have a big body like Luke Shen in there uh, that can just clear that, that net front, make sure that uh, rebounds are not, 
in dangerous spots and he can clear that and he's gonna bang you know he's gonna bang bro so i am excited to see luke shen back in a toronto maple leaf uniform and the new toronto maple leaf uniform because he was in the old nasty corporate uniform that just brings back so many horrifyingly bad memories so i'd love to i cannot wait to see him hope he's gonna be wearing number two again can't recall off the top of my head if there's a number two on the team right now but it's got to be luke shen's number so again this this goes for every trade i would love to hear any all y'all's opinion on any and all of these trades which ones shocked you i know there was a lot of shocking trades we'll talk about the tampa bay tanner Janot trade a little bit later and honestly i think it's a little bit overblown but it's still a pretty crazy fucking trades right so again hit me up on twitter or you can send me a message on youtube anything like that email it's all links are down below so i'd love to hear your opinions on these trades who do you think are the winners and the losers out of this i think there's a lot of uh, just good quality hockey trades, if I'm being honest. I think there's a lot of trades that uh, both sides are satisfied or both sides are not that satisfied. So in terms of that, I feel like it's a good hockey trade, but a lot of these trades we're going to just have to wait and see, right? A lot of this is draft picks that we're not going to find out how good or effective those draft picks are going to be for numerous years. So the East has gone banana. Kyle Dubas has gone banana. So he picks up Luke Shen. So I had to talk about that one first because that one just made me excited. So this one was a little bit shocking to me. So Rasmus Sandin, no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. He is now a member of the Washington Capitals. So, wow, dude. I mean... Uh, I, this one makes me a little bit nervous. This one, I hope that this, this trait does not come back to bite us because Sandin, first round draft pick defenseman, uh, he really just hasn't grab that brass ring per se on the roster he's been given chances at times he's had top line minutes with with Riley and it didn't look good at times he's looked really good but at this point I think Lilligren is the one that we're more satisfied with he's a little bit more uh, trustworthy I guess and Sandine still uh, is going to round out his game but I think this is a fantastic pickup for the Washington Capitals I mean it's pretty well known that the Capitals have no defenseman signed into next year other than John Carlson. So now they add Sandine to that equation. So that's great. And I think Sandine's going to be playing some pretty big minutes and probably quite a big role with the Capitals uh, in the future here. So who knows? Sandine can find his game in a new quieter market. I mean, Washington is still a very popular market, but it's not a Canadian uh, media market. So maybe Sandine finds his game over there and he becomes what we were hoping he was going to be. Like, honestly, what I thought Sandine can turn into was possibly that Morgan Riley replacement. But now that Morgan Riley has been signed, I can understand why Dubas maybe feels like this is a player that he can move on from. So left-handed defensemen were pretty strong on that left side right at this moment. So it is a sacrifice I can understand with. It's just one that I can I can see coming back to bite us. I can see Sandine becoming a very quality top four defenseman for the Capitals. But sky's the limit. We'll have to just wait and see. I think it's a very quality, very strong pickup for the Washington Capitals. I like that move for them. So the Toronto Maple Leafs, we pick up Eric Gustafson. And man, I've always liked Eric Gustafson. 
I was always, I'll always remember his ridiculous season that he had with the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, where he had 60 points, he had 17 goals, 43 assists, 60 points in 79 games, and then he just never got it again. After that, his best season is actually this season that he's having with the Capitals: 38 points in 61 games so far, seven goals, 31 assists. He's a plus nine. I mean, yes. So what this guy is, he's a pretty strictly offensive defenseman. I don't think he's going to be bringing a lot to the team uh, defensively. And there's a good chance that, I mean, my feeling is, I just read that it doesn't sound like the Maple Leafs are in on Chikrin, but the fact that they pick up Gustafson, they picked up a first round pick, though it is Boston's first round pick. So they pick up a first round. So they have their first round pick this year and next. So... There's the two first-rounders that Arizona is looking for. So the Maple Leafs can offer that up, and they could throw in Gustafson, and they can maybe they have to throw in a Matthew Nyes or possibly a Nick Robertson. And is that enough to, to qualify for a good enough offer for Arizona? And they can we can bring in Chikrin? Is is that on the table? Like, that one is, like, my, my hopes. Like, that's a massive trade if the Leafs can bring in... Jacob Chikrin on that left side like holy crap but uh, as far as I know at this moment it doesn't sound like the Maple Leafs are in on Chikrin so if Gustafson is going to be on this team he's going to be more than likely uh man he's he's got to be on the power play he's pretty darn effective there he's having a really nice season with the Washington Capitals an offensive guy and I said this in the last podcast I feel like offensive guys fit in quite well with the Maple Leafs it's there's a lot of offensive talent on the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say pretty easily uh, more offensive talent than the Capitals. So I can see Gustafson picking up a few extra points than maybe he would with the Washington Capitals. So I'm pretty excited to see what Gustafson can bring to this team if he is staying with us. So I don't know what the future will be with him if he ends up resigning. If it is, it, it could be a cheap deal. So I'm pretty excited to see what Gustafson will do on this team. And then, like I said, the Leafs also pick up a first-round pick in the 2023 draft, which Washington previously acquired. So, very cool that the that Dubas brings in that first-round pick. And I, I, I feel like he's not done yet. And with those first-round picks, I feel like they're very much so in play. And there could be, who knows, man, like Dubas could be targeting a defenseman that no one is looking at right now. So... I don't know, man. It, it makes me feel like he just loaded up with more ammo. He's got Matthew Nice still on on the table that he could move. I hope he doesn't. A little bit in the back of my head. Depends on what's coming in. But right now, I, um, I'm interested to see if uh, Gustafson is going to uh, be on this team. But, I mean, 38 points, 61 games this season. I mean, he's having a career, or uh, not a career year, but the best season he's had since that career year. So this guy, somehow, he keeps staying around in the league, and he found a place in Washington, and I'm hoping it'll fit with him in Toronto. I feel really good about it. So, again, I would love to hear your opinions on Eric Gustafson. I like him, personally. I know he's not a strong guy when it comes to... um, the defensive side, but I think he's going to be a good guy that can get that pass up and out of the offensive zone, and I could think he'll be uh, effective on the power play if need be. And then this one was just kind of out of nowhere. Pierre Engvall, the giraffe, is no longer a Toronto Maple Leaf. Now a New York Islander, so very interesting. Um, I think this is just... Um, 
this is just a trade because I think it's just that we have too many players at this point and someone just needed to get moved. And again, this frees up some cap space. Uh, Pierre Engvall was not signed for, uh, into next season. He was going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. He was getting paid a little bit over $2 million. 26-year-old forward, and man, this guy is just another one of those players that we, we just always kind of expected more out of the guy that he is. I mean, he's he's a big dude. He's like six foot five. He is chiseled out of stone. He is very, very in grand shape. He's fantastically... I would love... I would do some crazy things to look like that. But Pierre Engvall, man, it's always been like... You would wish... We always wish that he would throw his body around more. Be a little bit more of a stink out there. You know what I mean? Like pushing guys around like he could be very effective with that he's a big boy he'd be able to handle himself in those situations but he would rarely do it if uh the the term would be big for nothing like he's massive but he doesn't utilize it the way that you think a man of his size would in the nhl so at times he looks brilliant offensively other times he looks absolutely invisible so islanders fans i'm I hope you enjoy him. Like, I hope he can be an effective player. I never wish that a player is going to just be terrible, but I don't want, you know, a player to make us look foolish when they go to another team. Like, I wouldn't want Engvall to just go on a, a point-per-game uh, situation leaving the Leafs, but he could. Who knows? I mean, he's had opportunities with the Leafs being in the top six. Uh, like I said, he's just been a little bit too inconsistent. Like at times he looks fantastic. He can go on these pretty nice point streaks and then he just goes invisible. So I'm going to miss him, but not like a lot. You know what I mean? Like I like Pierre Engvall, but I just always wanted more out of him. So it's one of those sacrifices. I just, I feel like it's a necessary one. Cause again, when it comes to the playoffs, a guy like Engvall, you want to be finishing checks <clears throat> and and him being out there being intimidating. So the Leafs are bringing in more of that with Nolachari and stuff like that. So um, I'm hoping that you know it, it, it'll be um, more time given to a guy that'll throw his body around and just be more of a playoff asset. That's someone that's going to just wear the other teams down. I just don't think Pierre Engvall really brings that. So with the Islanders, I think they're probably bringing him in more for that offensive uh, capabilities or potential that he can bring. So if they're going to put him somewhere in their lineup, apparently, according to Steve Dangle, he plays the best on the right wing. So if that's where they're going to put him, that would be a good spot for them. So I'm sad to see Pierre Engvall go. I was honestly quite shocked. And what the Leafs bring in is a third round pick, which I think is pretty decent. A third round pick in 2024 you know, Dubas has been trading away those assets, so it's nice. This is good asset management. So more than likely, the Leafs weren't going to be able or going to re-sign Pierre Engvall. So if they weren't going to sign him, they feel like there's other guys in the lineup that they're going to, they feel just as confident with and could be more effective than him in the playoff run. I'm absolutely, I, I understand why they moved it. It's just solid asset management. You might as well get a third round pick instead of letting him walk. And at this point, the Leafs have brought in it, brought in, has brought in, there you go, uh, enough offensive depth that I feel like Pierre Engvall is, we're okay with moving on from that. There's other guys uh, that could get into this lineup. So personally a little shocked, but I am okay with this move. It makes a lot of sense to me. Engvall had 21 points this season in 58 games. I mean, quality. I mean, point roughly every other-ish game kind of guy. So at times, he, ugh, some of those goals, man, he scored in, in the past have been really, really awesome. And okay, let's get to um, the other massive trade. Like, Dubas was busy this week, man. I didn't expect him to be this busy. They said he was going to be busy, and he wasn't kidding. Oh, God. 
All right, so the Toronto Maple Leafs acquire Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty from the Chicago Blackhawks. Toronto also acquired a conditional fifth-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft and a conditional fifth in the 2025 draft. Four, so the Leafs trade away Joey Anderson, a forward prospect, Pavel Gogolev, a conditional first-round pick in 2025, which I believe is a top 10 protected. That would be the condition. And a second-round pick in the 2026 draft. So, uh, McCabe, the cool thing about McCabe is that he still has two seasons remaining on a four-year deal. The Blackhawks are retaining 50% of that, so I believe he's only coming out to about two, two and a half million dollars per, so that is fucking fantastic value for uh, the player that he is. 29-year-old defenseman, he's got 20 points on a very not good Chicago Blackhawks team, just two goals, 18 assists, 55 games played. Um, I mean, solid. I mean, he hasn't played for a lot of good teams. I mean, he was with the Sabres for a long time. Didn't really, uh, you know, he was solid over there. He's always just been a quality. I think he's he's listed to be playing on the top line, uh, or he's been in practice uh, with Morgan Riley on that top line. So, who if he, he could be, I mean, I, I like it. He seems to be a solid two-way defenseman, can bring... Uh, that offensive and defensive abilities. I'm hoping that he's stronger on the defensive side. Personally, I can't say a whole lot about his game. I can't say that I've ever really pinpointed in on his game when I watch Chicago or Buffalo games, but now that he's a Toronto Maple Leaf, I'm extremely excited to see what this guy is going to bring. I love the fact that he's still got a few years on his deal. We get that retained. It looks like a very quality deal, so I love it. I love the pickup. And that's not all. We also pick up Sam Lafferty, which again, this is another winger that they're bringing in. And I think Sam Lafferty over Pierre Engvall, I think I would take Sam Lafferty into a playoff series over Pierre Engvall. Lafferty is just a little bit more of a pest. He brings a little bit more of that that grinding mentality. He's going to wear people down more often. There is a little bit of a concern that Lafferty is producing a little bit over his potential because apparently he's been uh, connecting. He has really good chemistry with Dickinson over there in Chicago, but I feel really good about Sam Lafferty finding even more offense with the Leafs. I'll make the same argument that the Leafs have much more offensive talent on this team. So I feel like Lafferty could find more points. He may have a reduced role than he, than he may have had in Chicago, but this guy could play on the penalty kill. So the Leafs have added in some more penalty killing options, which is great because at times, if say Mitchell, if Mitch Barner takes a penalty, we get very scared and we get a little bit nervous. And I think bringing in Nolachari, Ryan O'Reilly, that just adds so much to the penalty kill depth. So I love these additions. It's fantastic. The price, yeah, it's a little bit. It's really the the amazing thing about all these trades that Kyle Dubas has done is that he's with this trade especially, he did not give up any roster players. So he does give up Joey Anderson. He's a younger, I would say he is an NHL quality player, bottom six player. He just, again, there's just too much depth that he just hasn't really been able to find a spot on the roster. I like Joey Anderson. He just, we just haven't been able to squeeze him into the lineup all that, all that well. So a, an, an okay sacrifice right there. I'm okay with them giving up Anderson. Prospect Pavel Gogolev, I'm not 100% sure who he is, but regardless, he's not in the lineup right now. He is not being effective in the lineup right now. So 
a necessary sacrifice, a conditional first in 2025. So this is two years from now. So the thing is protected. So as long as it's top 10 protected and everything, that makes me feel okay with giving up that first round pick. Dubas just brought in a 2023 first round. So he's bringing back in draft picks that he's been trading out. So it's been pretty good. So I'm okay with that. And then a second in 2026. So like, these are things we don't like a prospect getting selected in the second round in 2026 really strong chance that that player even if they do make the NHL they probably won't be in that roster until 2028 maybe at the at the earliest and yeah the Leafs window is not in 2028 it's right now so again a necessary sacrifice that has to be made so I really really like this trade you're adding a quality top four defenseman in Jake McCabe He's going to be here next year. That gives us, um, you know, that makes me feel really good. You're getting, you're not just paying for a straight up rental. You're getting a guy that's going to be here next year as well. So that makes me feel really good. And then you're adding in more forward depth with Sam Lafferty. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going to bring as well. So fuck yeah, Kyle Dubas. Absolutely rocking it out there with all the trades. I mean, fantastic job. Very, very impressive. I still feel like he has another bullet just loaded in that chamber. I'm just waiting to see if um, something crazy happens. But so far, I'll just reload everything here and see if any new news has happened. And if there isn't, we'll just go into... The trades, and we'll we'll just start breaking them down from February 22nd, from the last episode onward. So, the Chicago Blackhawks acquired defenseman Nikita Zaitsev, a second-round pick in the 2023 NHL Draft, and a fourth-round pick in the 2026 NHL Draft from the Ottawa Senators in exchange for the legendary future considerations. So, the Ottawa Senators... Fuck, I can't believe Nikita Zaitsev is actually, like... He's playing out that whole contract in the NHL. It never got bought out, but he's finally out of Ottawa. Thank you so much, Ottawa, for taking on that deal. Going to be going down as one of uh, Lou Lamorello's worst contracts ever given out. Uh, it looked really good at the beginning for Zaitsev in the NHL for and with the Leafs. He got a he had a really good first season there, but uh, he was given a really good role where he was going to succeed at that time. But then. We just started upgrading, got got better defensemen, and then he just fell down into a role that just wasn't producing. Ottawa takes him. He was playing top-line minutes for arguably way too much and way too long, but it's all over now. Ottawa clears out that contract finally. They pay a pretty hefty price, I would say, to give up that. I mean, a second-round pick and a fourth round to get rid of a contract. I mean, that is the ways of the NHL nowadays. you got to give up a a lot for cap space cap space is very very valuable nowadays so i mean good ish for the ottawa senators rumors are they still could be in on chicken and stuff they could be buyers at the deadline just because like yes there is a good chance that they're not going to make the playoffs um but they look like they're on the right path right right now the east is insane there's so many good teams in the east but i think ottawa is on the cusp of starting to take over those teams like i we all know that boston is doing the thing right now but this really does seem to be their last dance you look at everything that's going to be on the books for them next year bergeron Krejci, all these extra contracts it really looks like they're set up to it could they could be out of the playoffs next year and maybe tampa bay takes a step back so other teams are 
biting at the bit to make that move. So Ottawa could be buyers. It may not be a buy that gets them into the playoffs this season, but it could give them a really good chance next season. So interested to see what they're going to do. Arizona also acquired the contract to Shea Weber in a fifth round pick from Vegas in exchange for Dyson Mayo. So um, there's a lot of like cap implications for this. It's going to give Vegas, I believe, a little bit more money to play with. They also pick up Dyson Mayo, uh, a youngish defenseman. I mean, I don't know how much he's going to actually play with them. He could be just a depth defenseman. Honestly, I'm not true familiar with Dyson Mayo, other than the fact he's named Mayo, which is pretty awesome. Great name. Um, I'm not going to go through any of the really minor trades, but a big one here for the Boston Bruins. So they make a big splash on the defensive end. Kind of coming out of nowhere, but the Boston uh, Bruins acquired defenseman Dmitry Orlov and forward forward Garnet Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. This is a three-team trade. Uh, Minnesota also getting in there yet again. (laughs) Fucking Garen will not miss an opportunity to get in there and pick up a little bit of extra for taking on a little bit of money. Uh, So the Bruins also acquire uh, forward prospect and Andre good for him with that name uh from the wild the capitals acquired uh the contract and the player of craig smith a first round pick in 2023 which is now the leafs a third round pick in 2024 and a second round pick in 2025 the wild acquire a fifth round pick in 2023 from the bruins so a lot of picks getting exchanged here i mean the bruins are going all in so they're expecting that first round which is now the leafs it's probably going to be a very late first round pick so it is what it is but they they get a roster player in craig smith it just didn't really work out with him and the bruins so He's a pretty hefty contract. I believe it's like $4 million. So they clear that out. They bring in another beast of a defenseman on the left side. So the Bruins have an unbelievable left side right now with um, Lindholm. I forget who else is on that left side. I don't... Well, they have McAvoy. They got Lindholm. They got... Uh, now they got Orlov and Carlo and like, yeah, their defense, their defense looks fantastic. Now it's a way better ad for them to bring in Orlov over Gavrikov. So pretty good for Bruins fans. I imagine they're pretty happy that they're getting Orlov instead of Gavrikov. Orlov just apparently became available on the market. I imagine Capitals fans were a little bit shocked that they're getting rid of this defenseman, but it appears that he wasn't going to resign. So again, pretty good asset management for the Capitals. They end up turning that first round pick into Sandine. So it was good. It was good for them. Um, so on the Bruins side, this is great. They add in Dmitry Orlov, so their defense is stacked. He's already been doing quite good for the Bruins. He In this first game, he didn't get anything, you know, just ease him in. And now he's already starting to produce two assists, and then he gets two goals and an assist in the Calgary game the other night. So, oh yeah, it's already looking like a slam dunk addition for the Boston Bruins. Not likely that he's going to resign with them. It looks like a pure rental, but who knows with the Bruins? Who freaking knows? And then on top of that, cherry on top, they add in a very much so Boston Bruin player in Garnet Hathaway. This guy is a he's a he's a little bit of a, a pest to say. He can fight, he can bang. He's a he's a player that can give you a quality NHL shift. He's not just about fighting and stuff. He's not a straight up just goon but it's a freaking really good ad for the boston bruins not a guy you're going to be excited going into a seven 
uh, game series with. So a really strong addition for the Bruins. I mean, they give up the assets that they got to give up. It's they're all in, man. It's pretty, yeah. I don't think any Bruins fans are upset with the things that they're giving up right here and giving up Craig Smith. It's it's necessary. A lot of, a lot of people believe that Hathaway is a pretty good um, upgrade over Craig Smith. So a good pickup there for the Bruins. That makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, Colorado Avalanche acquires some goaltending depth. They get Keith Kincaid from the Bruins in exchange for Shane Bowers. So a semi-youngish prospect there added for the Bruins. So an okay move for them. They weren't using Kincaid. Uh, so this one's interesting. Vancouver Canucks acquire forward, forward Vitaly Kravtsov from the New York Rangers in exchange for William Lockwood and a seventh round pick in the 2026 draft. So Kravtsov is a young uh, top 10 first round pick player draft. I believe it was 2019. Uh, he just he just really hasn't found his role and a spot on the Rangers. There's just a bit too much of... Um, too much of a crowded area with the young prospects over there with with New York so he kind of got lost in the shuffle I feel like he could find a very good spot there in Vancouver it could be a very good pickup for them they give up Lockwood I don't know a lot about him I believe he is a well it is for it's a forward so it looks like a change of scenery kind of trade maybe Lockwood wasn't getting uh wasn't you know, looking the way that Vancouver wanted him to. Vancouver's looking to bring in younger forwards, so I like that addition for them. We'll just have to wait and see if that works out. So, a cool little trade right there. I didn't expect Kraftsov to go to um, the Vancouver Canucks. I thought that would be a part of the trade with the Chicago Blackhawks, which we'll talk about that trade in a little bit. But... The Winnipeg Jets, finally a semi-splash made in the West. I mean, in comparison with the East trades compared to the West, I mean, it's apples to oranges, right? I don't know if that's even the right saying, but the East has gone all in, gone absolutely banana with all the trades. And the West are just like, oh, we'll make a couple semi-okay moves over here. So the Jets are in desperation. They're they're struggling right now with offense and winning games. So they're bringing in Nino Niederreiter. Freaking, oh yeah, El Nino. Uh, so he, he is acquired from the Nashville Predators for a second round pick in the 2024 draft. I mean, just dandy. I mean, Nino looked like he was going to be an absolute stud over there in Nashville. I loved that addition when um, Nashville picked him up. I felt like he would fit right in. And it looked like it was it was unbelievable at the beginning. Nino got to off to a great start with Nashville this season. Then he kind of dropped off. But maybe going to yet another team. Maybe he gets that little spark at the beginning. It could be uh, the offense that Nash or uh, Winnipeg is looking for. Um, I feel like they could do more, but uh, an okay move. At least they're trying to do something. I feel like they're rewarding their team because I feel like Winnipeg's just been a pretty good team this season. They've just been really in a rut right at this moment. So hopefully that will boost the team's morale a little bit, get, get them going, get them excited that they're getting rewarded for their good play. So we'll see how that goes. The Dallas Stars have acquired forward Evgeny Dadunov from the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for forward Denny Gurionov. So I feel like this is kind of like a uh, older version of Denis Gurionov getting traded here. So Dadunov, an older player, famously getting traded last season by Vegas to Anaheim and the NHL said, "No, you're not doing that." <laughs> and because uh Dadunov had Anaheim on his no trade list so that got awkward with Vegas he ends up getting traded eventually to Montreal just hasn't worked out over there with Montreal and Gurionov I mean a 
a forward that at times looked like he he could be a good 20 goal scorer just really hasn't clicked over there with Dallas and they're pretty desperate for some offense over there as well right now so bringing in a bit more of an established forward he could be a middle six maybe he squeezes into that top six for Dallas they might try him out there so uh, a trade made by Dallas hopefully to uh lighten up their or start to uh, fire up their offense a little bit because they have been struggling speaking of struggling sort of I guess uh, the Vegas Golden Knights they acquire forward Ivan Barbashev from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for forward Zach Dean so yet another first round uh, prospect traded away by the Golden Knights so they're uh, a very good chance that Zach Dean could become something for the St. Louis Blues at some point because a lot of the younger prospects that Vegas has traded away have become quality players we're looking at Peyton Krebs looks like he's going to be pretty good and of course Nick Suzuki the current captain of the Montreal Canadiens so we'll see how it goes it's uh, we'll have to wait and see what Zach Dean becomes may become nothing he may become a top six forward and makes Vegas look silly but they get Ivan Barbashev a a guy that I mean he can add a little bit of grit there to a playoff uh, he can bring some offensive abilities he hasn't really had that good of a season but Again, St. Louis has been struggling, so maybe he can find some of that offensive touch. I believe he has scored 20 goals. He has scored some goals, but an okay pickup for the Knights. I was expecting a bit more of a big splash with Vegas, but maybe their their, um, reputation is starting to catch up with them with these uh, crazy moves, and maybe people are starting to get less attracted to going to Vegas nowadays, but... I don't know, probably just because there's better offers on the table, like for Timo Meyer and stuff. And we'll get to that trade when we get there. Okay. Uh, Colorado bring back defenseman Jack Johnson for uh, Andreas Englund. I mean, just a depth defenseman to bring back. Uh, familiar territory for Johnson, so I like that trade for the the avalanche and now the big one baby the Timo Meyer trade it finally goes down and it goes to the team that I thought he was going to so the New Jersey Devils are the the winners of the bell at the ball I guess at the trade deadline they acquire forward Timo Meyer and Timur Igbragmagov good for him and defenseman Scott Harrington thank you for a nice easy name and Sateri Hataka goaltender Zachary Edmund and a first for fifth and a fifth round pick in the 2024 NHL draft from San Jose in exchange for forwards Fabian Zetterland and from former Toronto Maple Leaf Andreas Janssen or jo- Johnson whatever he wants to be called nowadays defenseman Shakir Mahakmadublin oh fuck yeah I think I just nailed that name and Nikita Oh, no, I'm going to get this one wrong. And Nikita. And a conditional first-round pick in 2023, a conditional second-round pick in 2024, and a seventh-round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. Holy crap. So this is a huge trade. Um, honestly, it's a great pickup for the New Jersey Devils. It'll really it'll be a phenomenal pickup for the Devils if they're able to get him re-signed somehow. Um, as of this point of me recording this, there has not been an extension with Timo Meyer. As far as I know, I don't know if there is one on on the table or in the plans for New Jersey, but they get Timo Meyer, man, and it's going to be a fantastic addition for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, it's pretty well known that the Devils are a semi-undersized team or a fairly undersized team, I would say. So adding in Timo Meyer, I don't think he's like 
the solution to that promo that problem for the New Jersey Devils. They could still add some more of that big meaty players for a playoff run. They could do that. But Timo Meyer, a power forward in the league, one of the one of the better ones, one of the best ones in the league. This guy is a 30-goal scorer on a shitty San Jose Sharks. So going to the New Jersey Devils with much more offensive talent over there, I could see him becoming a 40-goal scorer if he remains there. That's up to him or and the Devils if, if they can work that out. But I love that move. I mean... It was uh, pretty well known at that point that that New Jersey was going to get him. And they pay the price, man. But I think it's a price that they're able to pay. They have a pretty strong um, prospect pool. So they trade away forward Zabian... Oh, boy. Zabian Zetterlin. So... So he is a younger forward. He's only 23 years old, which, I mean, is a decent age for a younger forward. He could still get a little bit better, but he's been having a pretty decent season, honestly, with the Devils. and twenty. He's got 20 points in 45 games with the Devils. I'm not sure where he's been playing in the lineup, but that's a pretty okay pickup for the Sharks. He could get a bigger role on the Sharks because they, they could just give him a, better, a bigger role on their team. So... I think that's a decent pickup. Most people were a little bit surprised that they gave up Zetterlin, but I honestly don't know too much about him. In terms of Mahak Madublin, I hope I can <laughs> hope I'm hitting that name. He was a first round pick in 2022, 20th overall. Uh, 21-year-old defenseman uh, has that top four potential, so hasn't hit that yet. But if uh, the development comes along, this could be a player that could be a top four defenseman in the future for the Sharks. So as long as they can get that guy going, get him in maybe into some games. I don't know if he's going to be playing in the NHL at any point soon, but we'll see with that one. And then Okhotchuk is a 22-year-old Um has one goal in 10 games this season. Um, yeah, not a whole lot. I mean, Andreas Janssen, 29 points in 36 games, but he's been playing in the AHL. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, interesting. I always thought, I thought Andreas Janssen would have been a pretty decent four, but it just really hasn't worked out for him since he left the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I believe he's been dealing with a lot of injury troubles, but uh, he had a good run with the Maple Leafs anyway, and maybe he gets into the San Jose... Uh, San Jose lineup he maybe he can find a spot there I would really like that for him because I liked Andreas Janssen man and on the Leafs he had a little bit of that grit and uh, a little bit of that scoring touch and like yeah he was a pretty fun player uh, but yes obviously um, Devils picking up the big piece there in Timo Meyer. they also get the Scott Harrington who could be a depth defenseman for them so pretty good man I mean they're they're getting a big piece it'll be a really big win for the Devils if they're able to get him to re-sign for a quality deal don't know like I said if that's in the books but there it is man New Jersey makes the makes the big one and they take Timo Meyer. so good on them uh, I'm very excited to see what Timo Meyer is going to do with like where is he going to play he's going to be playing with Hiche he's going to be playing with Jack Hughes regardless it's a huge boost to the top six for the New Jersey Devils so that's going to be a lot of fun and I, I don't know if Timo Meyer's ever played in the playoffs yet so he may not have he may have gotten in there with the Sharks for a little bit but it's going to be a lot of fun to see him back in the playoffs that guy could he could be very very effective in the playoffs for uh, the New Jersey Devils so the one of the trades that everybody's talking about is Tampa Bay Lightning uh, paying the Sun and the Moon for Tanner Janot, and let's just go into this. So Tanner Janot going to the Nashville Predators in exchange for defenseman Calfoot, a conditional first round pick in 2025, 
uh, a second round pick in 24, a third, fourth, and fifth round pick in 2023. So ev- just all the draft picks, all the draft picks, and... I completely understand why Tampa's doing this. They're in a win-now mode. They don't really care about those those draft assets for right now. Like I said, chances are that those picks become NHL players are pretty slim. Uh, not saying that it's 0% chance. There are a chance that... Uh, some of those picks could become NHL players, but in Tampa's books right now, they feel like those picks are not going to help us win in anytime soon. So they're ready to sell the farm. And I really, really like Tanner Janot. Yes, he has been having a massive just struggle of a season with the Nashville Predators, but throwing him into that lineup with Tampa Bay, I mean, with Nick Paul and oh my God, all those other guys, he's a very much so kind of that Nick Paul edition or that Goudreau, that that very, um, what do you call it, reoccurring edition that Tampa Bay has been making, picking up these just, they can get the goals, they can hit, they can bang, they can fight, they could just be an absolute nuisance. Tampa Bay's got a lot of players on their team that I am not looking forward to. Uh, the Leafs dealing with in a seven-game series, I mean, you got Kalorn, you got Janot, you got Paul, you got... Oh my god, on top of that with Nikita Kucherov, Hedman, fucking Sergachev, and of course Vasilevsky back there. So I really like the addition of Tanner Janot for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, word is they're looking to try and extend him with a similar Nick Paul deal. Uh, that being a long-term, smaller overall cap hit. So could be a seven-year extension maybe on the in the future for, for uh, Tanner Janot and the Tampa Bay Lightning. But... I'm fine with the addition. I mean, I know it's a lot. It's a lot of assets to get traded away for one player. But again, chances are that they may not get even a quali- uh, a player of the quality of Tanner Janot with any of those picks. So Tampa Bay is taking the risk. They're putting all the chips in and they're going for it. And on the talks of Nashville, uh, longtime and only GM of the Nashville Predators, Poyle, is retiring after the end of this year, and Barry Trotz is going to be the next GM of the Nashville Predators. I think that's so freaking cool. I I am a little bit disappointed that he's not going to be coming back as a coach, but I think it's a really fun next step for Barry Trotz. I mean, he's been in the NHL forever. He's been a lot. He was a longtime coach for the Predators and him to become the second GM. I think that's so sick. And then Poyle just gave him a boatload of assets to work with in the future. Yes, you're losing a young quality, kind of hard to find player in the league nowadays. And Tanner Janot, just kind of your uh, standard power forward. If he could find that goal scoring touch that he had last season in Nashville, which I I feel is a very, very strong chance he will find that goal-scoring touch again in Tampa. I think it's going to work out for Tampa, but it could very well blow up in their face. Maybe Nashville gets three gems out of those picks. Maybe they get a fucking franchise player out of that first-round pick. Who knows? But again, Tampa's mindset is that none of those picks are going to help us in the next three years and in three years we're not going to be in win now mode so it's fine so i understand the move i understand that everyone probably not tampa fans are looking at tampa like are you nuts but they did that with all their other trades that they made that they made uh, the 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 goudreau trade uh, it ended up getting them cups so i think they know what they're doing it may not be enough to get them a cup again this season but 
I mean, they're just as much as a contender as the Bruins, I say. Like, with their track record, three straight Stanley Cups. Yeah, I, I feel like they might know what they're doing over there in Tampa. So, I would, if I was a Tampa fan, man, I'd be amped to get Tanner Janot. I'm a huge fan of that player, though. So, I would love that. Like, if the Leafs picked him up, if it was that price, I'd be a little bit nervous. Um, but I'd be pretty amped that Tanner Janot would be a Leaf. But, uh, yeah, I can understand being like, whew, okay, that, that's, we're going to be in for some hurt, uh, in the future, probably at some point, but it's okay. It's two Stanley Cups, three Stanley Cup appearances, damn near a dynasty. So I think Tampa Bay is okay with this. Uh, so we talked about that trade, uh, Buffalo Sabres acquiring Riley Stillman from the Vancouver Canucks in exchange for forward Josh Bloom. Uh, just uh, an acquisition for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, trading away a defenseman in Stillman that just didn't work out. They clear out a little bit of cap space there, so and Buffalo has a ton of cap space to play with. They're getting a defenseman that uh, I imagine he'll probably do better for them than he did with Vancouver, so they're adding in some defensive depth. Uh, it's not really much that's going to move the needle that's going to help them get into a playoff spot, but it helps. It definitely helps. So finally, finally, the Edmonton Oilers have released Jesse Pugliarvi, everybody. He's finally free. We can hashtag free Pugliarvi. We can finally, it's all over. Finally, the saga is done. Carolina Hurricanes have stepped up and saved Jesse Pugliarvi from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for the, in exchange for the rights to unsigned draft choice Patrick Pustola. Good for you. Um, I love the move for Carolina. It may not be the move that Carolina may have wanted. I mean, yes, they uh, they had major plans for Pacioretty to be that kind of offensive piece that they were looking for last season in the playoffs that they were lacking. I don't think Pugliarvi is going to be that like top six offensive piece. There's a good chance he can find his game there in um, Carolina. I mean, Kotkaniemi has started really looking like he's finding his game there in Carolina. There's a lot of other young forwards there. It's a good system for him to get into. And yeah, man, it's going to be a lot more structure and just... Um, it's going to be a lot more relaxed over there for him. He's out of that can crazy Canadian market. He's wanted out of there since 2019. So, yeah, I wish this could have happened earlier for Pugliarvi because at this point, I feel like probably the sun has set on that wherever he was drafted third or fourth overall. Uh, I don't think he's going to become that player, but the great thing about Pugliarvi is that he's a very underrated two-way forward. He's quite strong on the two-way game, so he's responsible defensively, which is great a great asset to have for a player that young. So uh, defensively responsible forward going over to Carolina, I like that fit. He's going to have a lot less voices and, and just nasty comments in his ear. He's going to be able to have a quieter situation in Carolina. So I really like that pickup. I'm really hoping that Pugliarvi can find his game. Not that I hate the Oilers and stuff, but I just don't like to see young prospects. like uh, for And for, him to, it, for it to go on that long that he wanted out and it just was not working and they just kept trying to force it. And it was just like, no. So really excited to see the change of scenery for Pugliarvi and maybe it becomes that big move that Carolina was looking for. Maybe he becomes a 20-25 goal scorer. Maybe he becomes a really solid, like, third second line forward where you can produce like 45 50 points and is just really responsible uh defensively that would be 
fantastic. Who wouldn't want that? So we'll see what the future holds for Mr. Pugliarvi. I just hope it's good. We'll skip a trade here between San Jose and Anaheim because who cares? Uh, Minnesota acquire forward Marcus Johansson from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a third-round pick. So Minnesota still being active, man. So they their cha- the door is still open over there in the West. So they add in a little bit of offensive depth here. Uh, I don't know if Johansson, I think he's more of that middle six. You could put him in the top six, uh, second line, third line, I feel like is where he's going to get placed. Really solid passer. I mean, he's a really good passer in the league. So uh, he's leaving Washington and um, yeah, Washington kind of becoming under you know, under the radar sellers. I feel like it's the, it's the right move for Washington. I feel like they're position right now leads them to believe that they're not going to make the playoffs but they don't want to go all out and sell off the farm because they want to be good enough that Ovi's going to be happy and he can get his goal record that's still I feel like the number one goal but yeah it, it looks like Washington are making some pretty smart moves again picking up Sandine there you go they're trying to figure out that defensive situation that they're going to be in next season so yeah man I'm down with that uh, they do get, I mean, Marcus Johansson, he's he's moved around the league. has been like, I think that was his second, maybe even third time being in Capitals. So off to Minnesota, you go, Mr. Johansson. Hopefully he can add a little bit of that offense for them because they need it. Uh, we talked about these two trades. We talked about that one. Uh, talked about that one. Okay, Edmonton finally making a splash out there in the West. So Edmonton acquiring defenseman Matthias Ekholm from Nashville and a sixth round pick in the 2024 draft. And Nashville, kind of to my surprise, getting Tyson Berry forward Reed Schaefer, a first round pick in 2023 and a fourth round pick in 24. So why I'm a little bit surprised that they gave up Barry. I feel he's a very well-liked player on that roster. Yes, we're all very aware that he doesn't bring a lot to the table defensively, which is not a great asset when you are, in fact, a defenseman, but Barry is a fantastic power play option. He's very effective on power plays. Great first pass guy. He can get that pass. We can bomb it up the wing, up to McBaby, and he gets a lot of those apples for, for McDavid. But I think it's a really good move for Edmonton. You're bringing in Ekholm. Yeah, he probably doesn't have that offensive ability that Tyson Berry has, but he brings a defensive ability that just is such a massive upgrade for Edmonton, and they can use that extra defensive help. So bringing in one of the better defensemen uh, left over there in Nashville. I mean, Ellis is gone now. Ekholm's finally out of there. Shea Weber was gone. Ryan, or, um... Suter is gone, but they still have the OC, so um, yeah, and they also bring in Tyson Berry, so Tyson Berry's going to bring offense to Nashville, they could use some, I mean, a lot of teams in the West could use a little bit of a offensive boost at this point, so that's going to help them, I don't know if he's going to stay with them or anything like that. They're picking up another pick, so another pick added for Nashville. So Barry Trotz is going to have a whole shitload of picks. As far as I know, Poyle is still going to do this draft, and he's going to stay on as an advisor. So basically, you're kind of a backseat GM for a little while, just so Barry Trotz doesn't do something insane. Like, I'm going to trade Roman Yossi for a fifth. You know, not like he would ever do it, but you know what I'm saying. So I like this addition for Edmonton. 
really, really good top four, maybe top two defensemen. I guess it depends who you're asking. I'd say top four, but really good ad for them. Yeah, they're paying a lot and they're giving up a really good power play specialist defenseman right there, but you got Connor McDavid. They're an absolute monster offensive team. So I think Ekholm is still going to provide a good amount of offense, just not that level of Tyson Berry. But I think he's if Ekholm stays there and stuff, I think he's going to have like career years offensively with McDavid. If he's passing it up to McDavid, he's probably going to get a lot of extra apples that he wouldn't have normally gotten. Okay. Minnesota Wild acquire Gustav Nyquist from the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for a fifth round pick. So small price to pay for a guy that could bring some offensive abilities. I mean, he had some pretty okay offensive years with Detroit. It just really hasn't worked out with him in Columbus. Columbus sucks. So good chance that he's going to find some offensive um addition I guess I don't know what word I'm looking for it's not that big of a move but it could be some offensive depth that the wild are looking for and a small price to pay now the big one baby the New York Rangers acquire Patrick Kane and defenseman Cooper Zek from the Chicago Blackhawks in a three-team deal and it's also including the Arizona Coyotes Uh, they're the third member of this so the Blackhawks received defenseman Andy Walensky a conditional second round pick in 23 and a fourth round pick in 25 from the Rangers and defenseman Vili Sarjarvi from the Coyotes and the Coyotes receive a third round pick for taking on the additional salary of Patrick Kane so they're retaining as much of the salary as they can. I believe is 50% and 25% so regardless Patrick Kane is a fucking ranger that is awesome i mean wow the rangers have gone as all in as possible they they got tarasenko and yeah maybe tarasenko hasn't uh, i mean it looked really good at the beginning but he's kind of fallen off but maybe he's just it's just taking him a little time to get uh accustomed to the new team and everything and they're looking for that chemistry but we're all aware of that patrick kane our temi panarin connection that was in chicago they made magic together and now they're finally more than likely, hopefully, going to be playing again. Can you imagine a line of, like, Panarin, uh, Zibinijad, and Patrick Kane? Like, uh, 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 oh my god, I just had a minor seizure seizure right there. So, yes, maybe the, the return is not as much as the Chicago Blackhawks wanted, but at least they're getting something, right? It's better to get something rather than nothing. They're doing Patrick Kane a solid. He really wanted to go to New York. At this point, for everything that Patrick Kane has done for the Chicago Blackhawks, they would be willing to do just about anything that he wanted. You want to go to New York? We'll make it work. They did, and now he is there. So Patrick Kane will be going to the playoffs with the New York Rangers for the first time ever playing for the, for a new team in the NHL for the first time ever. It's going to be so weird to see Patrick Kane in a in a Rangers uniform. I can't wait to see it. That's going to be suck. And um Jesus man, I'm uh, I I'm very ex- I want to see the Artemi Panarin Patrick Kane magic again. I hope it's still there. I hope they can reconnect those dots and oh my god, hopefully we get to see some magic, but Patrick Kane has been on a tear since um you know, since basically the Tarasenko trade, he wanted to show the league that like, Hey man, I still have it. And I hope he just starts lighting it up over there in New York. And he just, and it's just a fantastic time. So the blockbuster finally happened, man. Chicago does the thing. They move Patrick Kane. It was just a matter of 
when it happens, not if, because it was going to happen, man. It's been, we were just, they were just working on getting the money set and like New York was doing some crazy shit, like playing games, like down numerous players on their roster just to make the money work. But it's, it's finally done. It's worked out. And oh my God. Uh, wow. What a fucking trade deadline or just a trade deadline week we've had. And we're still not done. The Columbus Blue Jackets acquire goaltender Jonathan Quick, a conditional first-round pick in 23, and a third-round pick in 24 from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Vladislav Gavrikov and goaltender Jonas Corposalo. I fucking love this move for LA. What's up, LA? Great, great job, man. Great job. Now, people might not think that Corpus Allo is a good goalie. Dude, he has been lights out for Columbus over the last, like, month. He has been phenomenal. L.A., shockingly, has had a really weird season where their goaltending has been atrocious, but their offense has been good enough to keep them afloat. They've been still in a play- They've been in the playoff hunt for the whole season. They've been in the playoffs for most of the season, so... They move off of Jonathan Quick. It makes sense. It uh, doesn't look like Cal Peterson is in a position that anyone really wants to acquire that. So Jonathan Quick, yes, he has a salary, but it's only for one more year. So Arizona's cool picking that up. They don't mind. Or sorry, Columbus doesn't mind. And picking up Corpus Allo, I think, is an awesome addition. I mean, if he could just keep playing, even like even if it's like a 10% decrease, I think it is such a massive uh, increase and in upgrade over their current goaltending for LA. So I love this move. That could be the move that can get them the big, like that can get them to the Stanley cup finals. Like who knows out of the West right now, it is really honestly like, yes, Colorado has come back alive, but I still think it's kind of the wild, wild West out there because Jesus, man, any team can come out of that West right now. It could be LA, it could be Edmonton. It could be it could be LA, it could be fucking Minnesota, who freaking knows, but I absolutely love that move for LA, man, it's uh, it's exactly what they needed, they get more of that defensive depth, I mean, yeah, Gavrikov, it could be a little bit of an overpayment for at this point with the LA Kings, they're able to make that sacrifice, uh, they have a ton of young assets still, so I think it's totally fine with them trading away that first, it's going to be a mid late 20 pick more than likely so I think it's going to be okay uh they got a good prospect pool in LA so they're adding a good uh good defensive defenseman maybe people think he's probably a little overrated a little overhyped over there from the Columbus Blue Jackets but it's a good addition for them makes a lot of sense and and Jonas Corposalo man I hope for the fact of my fantasy team you just go lights out for the rest of the season with the Kings and Fuck yeah, man. I really like that move for the Kings. So good job, LA. I really like that. And then the final one, this one just came in not long ago. Colorado Avalanche acquire forward Lars Eller from the Washington Capitals in exchange for a second round pick in the 2025 draft. Just another good quality uh, depth uh, forward move. He's more than likely going to be playing with the cat with the Colorado Avalanche, but this guy's won a cup with the Colorado or with the Capitals. So a good addition, a second round pick. Yeah, it might be a little bit high, but at this point, Colorado, they're all in. They want to repeat. They don't give a fuck about draft picks right now. So yeah, they'll pay a second. They don't care. Um, totally fine with that move. It's a solid move. So yeah, that is all the fucking trades that have gone down, and I haven't even gotten through like 
the news that has gone through the NHL this week. And there's a lot of news, man. Like, uh, I'll just touch on the little bit of Leafs news. I mean, it's pretty well known uh, basically since the beginning of the season, but it is official now that Jake Muzzin, Jake Muzzin is officially shut down for the season. Very sad news. I hate to hear it. I mean, I love Jake Muzzin, man. He was, he, I loved him as a Leaf. I loved him when he first showed up. The big hits. I mean, the big beard. I love this guy. And if that, if this is the end of his NHL career, I'm super duper sad about this. But it is what it is, man. I mean, he played hard playoff games. That's just the kind of defenseman that he was. He played hard. So, uh, yeah, I just hope for the best with him, man. I hope he can come back and play NHL games again. But... For this season, it's it's Dunyan Rings for Jake Muzzin, so I just have to mention that. Uh, in terms of other news, I mean Ovechkin has returned. We've talked about them being sellers, so I like the I like the moves that the Capitals are, Capitals are doing. They're selling off just the just enough assets that they're not going to be like a bottom feeding team to probably keep Ovechkin happy enough. So I like the moves that they've done. Now, when it comes to the Pittsburgh Penguins, it is getting wild over there, man. So, they put Kasperi Kapanen on waivers, and he does not clear. St. Louis claims Kasperi Kapanen on waivers. Very interesting. So, yet another former Toronto Maple Leaf on the move. Um, And, I mean, he was a Penguin first. He comes to Toronto. He was pretty okay for Leafs. Uh, at times he looked fantastic other times you wanted to rip your fucking head off he would just infuriate you especially that time when he threw his broken stick anyway he goes back to the penguins and yeah it just really hasn't worked out over there with him in pittsburgh he's just been extremely inconsistent he's been playing ahl or not not ahl games but playing in that bottom six and it's um that bottom six in Pittsburgh's just been absolutely dead in the water this whole season, and Kapanen wasn't helping them out at all. So, goes on waivers. St. Louis calls their bluff, and they take them. They they're able to take them on, and totally fine move. I'm I'm cool with that. St. Louis has the room to take them on, so why not give him a chance? He's got that ridiculous speed. He used to be a pretty okay penalty killer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I remember uh, offensively. I mean. At times, it was there. I mean, I feel like he scored 20 with the Leafs at one point. But, yeah, it just really hasn't shown up. But he could get a bigger, maybe if he can get into that top six, a new change of scenery, it could be enough to start motivating Kapanen. That's always kind of been the issue with him is motivation game to game. Just doesn't seem to have it. Every game goes completely invisible at times or just makes a lot of stupid mistakes that just, again, infuriate you. So, um I think it's a really good move for the for the St. Louis Blues to pick him up. I'm cool with that. Penguins do free up some cap space there, so there could be some moves in the future for the Penguins, but as of right now, nothing big. Um they have um oh also with uh, with penguins uh, the gm ron hextall the fans appear to have revolted against him and they were cheering uh, or chanting for him to be fired so uh, at some point probably next week or a week after we'll take a look at what has gone on with the penguins this year i mean i think it's pretty safe to say we kind of discussed it last week with the the changing of the defensive core getting rid of marino and stuff and bringing in older guys like petrie just doesn't look like it's paid off latang i mean i called it i feel like everyone called it last season was like the anomaly in chris latang's season he barely got hurt and 
that's not been the pattern for Chris Letang, so I felt like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen again for Chris Letang to play that many games, and he's been injured, and yeah, so... I don't know, man. It just—it's just kind of been the Crosby show over there. Malkin's been good, but Malkin's just not the same. Like explosive, can take over a game player anymore. Like, yeah, he still puts up a point per game, but yeah, it's yeah. I don't know, man. It's been a really disappointing, probably really frustrating season for Pittsburgh Penguins fans. You could chime in if you'd like, but yeah, man, I'm I'm feeling for it. It could be maybe the first time that the Penguins missed the playoffs in like 16 years or something. So. I don't know, man. It's hard to root against Crosby, but at this point, it's really not looking so good for them. Um, Speaking of, uh, let's see. Oh, speaking of not looking so good, how about this one? Here, Here we go. Jacob Markstrom. Are you kidding me? Stop this. Listen to this stat. Jacob Markstrom has allowed a goal on the first shot seven times this season. Come on, Markstrom. Like, that isn't, that's got to be a record or something. Seven different times you've let in, let in a goal on the first shot you faced. And there, I can't see there being much more of a demoralizing situation to happen in the game to get scored on on the first shot. Like, oh, for fuck's sakes, we're already down. And it got worse. Uh, the game that they played where he led, I can't remember what team they were playing, but. On the second shot, they scored as well. So Markstrom letting in two goals on two shots. I mean, fuck me sideways. Calgary looks like they're just toast, man. Like, I have... uh, They lost to the Bruins. I mean, their schedule this week looks like they're just going to lose their next game against the Leafs are up next. I mean, yeah, it's it looks really just like not a good season for the Flames right there. And yeah, seven separate times Markstrom letting in the first goal. So those are basically just losses. Like, it's so hard to get back into a game like that. You can. I mean, they might have done. They may have came back and won some of those games. But damn, dude, you just... They definitely do not have that confidence right now as a team with Markstrom in net. Like, you don't have that, like, oh, okay, he's going to make that save at this point. They're like, fuck, I have no idea what he's going to save at this point. So, again, the Calgary Flames continue to disappoint me. But something that doesn't disappoint me is Patrick Marlowe getting his number 12 retired by the San Jose Sharks. A uh, really nice ceremony for him. It may have been a little bit long, but, but um, a really great celebration. Uh, if you haven't listened to the speech, it was a great, really great emotional emotional speech between him and Kelly Rudy, a former teammate of his and a well-known analyst and stuff for whatever fucking station he works for. But really nice uh, ceremony for Patrick Marlowe, former Leaf. So <clears throat> congratulations is in order for him. Uh arguably a hall of famer i mean he's played so long in his career the most games ever played great job patrick marlowe congratulations and speaking of congratulations we got a goalie goal everybody and sadly it's for the bruins oh so i gotta give props for um allmark he scored a goal this week um yeah dude he just absolutely crushed it he fucking got it against the vancouver canucks of course so just another twist of the knife for those boston fans in the heart of the vancouver fans just there you go how you doing go to hell so Allmark nails the middle of the net he gets the empty net goal only the 13th goalie in history to score a goal in the nhl so fucking goods on you Allmark. i mean 
God damn it. You just, like, how spoiled are the fucking Bruin fans this year? This is an outrage. I'm outraged, okay? I'm pissed. I don't like this. I want Samsonov to score two goals this season. Fuck you, Allmark. But also, thank you, Allmark. You've been great for my fantasy team. Just keep winning, okay? But losing the playoffs. Anyway, uh, good for him. Uh, but in terms of other goaltending news, there is a little bit of bad news here for goaltenders. So, uh, Florida Panthers goaltender, young goaltender Spencer Martin, or sorry, Spencer Knight, has uh, entered the player assistance program. So, um, it's never good to hear about someone going having to go into that program. But I always do like to see that the person has notice that they need help and they are actively seeking out that help so i'm glad that spent that spencer knight has seeked out the help that he's looking for i'm not going to go into details of what he is struggling with regardless all we know is that he's struggling with something he's going to get the help that he needs and just for wishing the best for you man like just take the time get everything right you know some things are more important than than sports so take care spencer knight and come back better than ever so we're all rooting for him and uh yeah man i think that's just about everything i want to talk about in depth this this week uh the leafs are playing edmonton oilers tonight looking very much so forward to that game should be a lot of fun hopefully every all the new guys are in the lineup tonight maybe the leafs have another trade in order i'm not sure yet uh nothing nothing new as of right now but fuck yeah everybody what do you think about the trades who do you think are the big winners and losers out of all this are were you just as shocked as i was that pierre engvall and and sandine are no longer maple leafs i had no idea that was coming if any of the players weren't going to be toronto maple leafs anymore i thought it was going to be kerfoot and or justin hall but as of right now they're both still toronto maple leafs so a little bit surprised by that honestly but that it is what it is so um yeah on a scale of one to ten how shocked were you that sandine isn't a maple leaf anymore and yeah let me know what you guys think of uh, all the trades there's a possibility that maybe next week depending on how how much crazier the league gets uh maybe i'll do a grading on uh, the teams that made big moves and we'll see who uh who i think were the big winners and losers i haven't really I, I'm not going to do it until the trade deadline's over and we get all the trades done with, but I had to come on and talk about all the ridiculous trades that went down, especially on Tuesday. That was wild. Patrick Kane no longer a Chicago Blackhawk. Holy crap. Never thought I'd see that day, but he's a fucking Ranger now, and I think that is awesome. That is so fucking cool. Uh, possibly one of the most exciting trade deadline weeks, times I've been a part of in the nhl like this is wild man like it the east is going insane i cannot fucking wait for the playoffs man it's gonna be a war in the east and the west is just about as interesting because pretty much anyone over there could take it so i mean fuck who do you think is gonna come out of the west at this point i think with that addition of uh corpus Allo, if he can just get to like a 915 la is going to be a fucking problem so i'm looking at la right now with my eyebrow raised i'm looking at edmonton with that at home edition so the the west has done some moves definitely not to the impact of the east but 
Holy shit, dude. On a scale of 1 to a million, how excited are you for the first round of the playoffs this year? I'm at like a 999,993. I'm very, very excited. But that's it for me, everybody, for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are fantastic. I have decided on the new game that I'm going to be playing for my YouTube channel. So that will be debuting uh, sometime next week. The finale for The Wolf Among Us will be this weekend. So you can look forward to uh, that game being finished finished off on the weekend so if you want to check out the youtube channel follow the link down below or you can look up gamer gx videos on youtube and you'll you'll find me you can subscribe or you can just check out what i got just a lot of let's plays over there of scary funny games story games so go give it a shot let me know what you think i would love to to hear from you guys let me know if you have any questions regarding hockey video games or wrestling be my guest if you want to send me in a question for the podcast and you want me to answer it live on the podcast i will gladly do that for you as long as it's an appropriate question you're not being a weird or anything like that i will gladly answer your questions live on the podcast if you want to get involved with the community you want to get involved with the show like absolutely come on in be involved i want you guys to be a part of the show that's what that will make it so much more fun for you you're a part of the show so if you want to get in here come on in everybody but that is it for me everyone i really excited for the next two games i don't think i'm going to be able to watch the calgary game live tomorrow i just i just going to be too busy at work tomorrow so i won't be able to really have my eyes on that game which sucks but it is my best buddy kyle's birthday tomorrow he lives in calgary so uh, at least coming into calgary on his birthday i'm really hoping that he's going to be able to go to that game that would be awesome so uh, i'll just say a happy early birthday to my bro kyle out there in calgary enjoy your birthday my man and enjoy the maple leaf game tonight and tomorrow hopefully they win big for you in both of those games and fuck yeah dude luke shen is a leaf again i'm so amped and who knows man dubas could do some more shit let me know what you think and we will talk to you again on the weekend